We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're taking a break? Yep. Even though I've accepted this interview and I've done very limited work. What are you focusing on then? Right now, just on my mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be back soon. Yeah, no. No, it's very important to pace yourself, especially when your work is so personal, or at least how you interact with the internet is so personal, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your relationship to advocacy or activism, like historically speaking? Well, I originally started... Uh, uh, doing activist work when I was, uh, unfortunate when I was a TRA, uh, since I was so brainwashed into it. And mm. being in California, unfortunately, gets you brainwashed enough. Uh, that didn't last long. I think at about a year and a half before I, I got kicked out of the transgender community. Okay. Which was funny. It's a short, I, I, I wonder, you know what? In the last analysis, I wonder what the turnover rate's going to be for the trans activism thing. It can't be, there's going to be a pretty large turnover rate and like the average t amount of time that people spend, uh, at least in the more trenchant activisty side of that, it's got to be high burnout. Um, it's got to make your uh, mental health, make you suffer a little bit mental health wise, because being an activist, you're always looking at the darkest sides of humanity and projecting that because you have to save the world. Um, so, yeah, yeah, they kicked me out and well, I left not out of my own choice. They kicked me out, which is just funny. That story. <laughs> what did you do? Do you want to tell that story? Yeah, I, I committed the worst crime imaginable. I wanted oh, to be no. a cop. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, apparently trying to become a cop uh, while being trans was uh, seen as a no. And because I was, I felt the academy, but um, I got far enough that I got on the radar of the department I wanted to work with, and I started doing volunteer work for them. Yeah. And when, obviously, the transgender community found out, they didn't like that, and eh, excommunicated huh. me, in other words, canceled me. It would seem like a part of their number would want representation. And that's what I thought. Yeah. Especially it, in a very progressive uh, liberal city. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I guess, the double-edged sword. But when was that, if you don't mind? That was 2018. Oh, okay. So that's two years before the um, BLM goes full force. Oh, yeah. But a ACAB is already uh, very prominent in the activist communities. Yeah. 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 Luckily, I wasn't that crazy enough to support ACAB. Yeah. Why? Because of your background or growing up or no, family? No, it was just like, it just it seemed dumb to me from the beginning. Yeah, even though I will admit I was crazy enough to start the transition, uh, part of me was still reasonable. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it as like, 
that something seems off. Just the way everything seemed, uh, how it went regarding how these people just hate law enforcement. And it was like, eh, yes, yeah, some are bad, some are good, but we're all human. So. Hmm. <laughs> what was it about activism that activated you? I guess I had no purpose in life. Uh, uh, well, are we talking uh, when I was doing it as a trans activist or or now? Uh, yeah, the your first brush with changing the world, let's say. I had no uh, purpose in life. And a very vulnerable young man at the time gets swept into this ideology. The brainwashing convinced me. How were you brainwashed? Like, what was the narrative that you were uh, accepted? Uh, well, the first time I went to see a therapist, she immediately affirmed me as a trans woman, didn't look at any other comorbidities, any other issues I had as a kid. Yeah. And because, again, I was a very vulnerable young man, uh, very emasculated, I guess, without my father in the picture to be. Even though he was there, he wasn't really there. Okay. Uh, just let me be vulnerable enough to be swept under this ideology. Uh, when did the the idea of was the idea of being trans introduced to you by your therapist? No, I actually figured it out on my own. Uh, I know I've seen some of your videos already, and. I know overall from what I hear from other detransitioners, my stories, I've always noticed that my is very different from most, even from most of the other men. Um, so, well, let me give you a background on myself. So my parents came to the United States illegally from Mexico. Due to that, my father was working nonstop any way he could to financially support myself and my mother. So due to that, while he was in the picture, he wasn't really in the picture. Eventually, he finally got a better job as a truck driver, and that took him away five, six days a week. And the last remaining day or two he'd have with us, he was mostly asleep, so didn't really spend much time. So that and culturally, my or my culture is very masculine. I've always been very shy, timid, quiet, and for some reason... I assume that if I can't be the most masculine individual within my community, I must have not been a man. Uh, being a little kid, uh, that didn't, I didn't have the proper words for it, so that made somewhat sense to me. Uh, it was around, I want to say, late middle school, early high school, is when I found out what transgender was. Uh, it was through YouTube. I don't remember exactly how I found it, though. Um, but it was a male to female video and that with how I was always feeling very inadequate as a young man made somewhat sense to me and planted the seeds of doubt in my head. Uh, hmm. Now I didn't act up on any of those feelings until after I had left high school, started college and asked myself, what do I want to do with life? So. I got recommended to go to a therapist in the in my city, and the clinic was the LGBT center. Um, 
and that's where I met my therapist, and immediately she affirmed me as a trans woman. Again, like I said, very masculated young man, didn't really have his father in the picture, and yeah. that made somewhat sense at the time. Uh, this is a private question, so you feel free to completely avoid it, but why be sent to the LGBT center if there's not a component of LGBT sexuality there? So is part of your gender confusion uh, related to your chauvinist culture and you not living up to the projection of a male in, uh, I guess, attitude and bearing, but also in your sexual orientation? Is that a component? So my sexuality, again, is, uh, well, surprise most. I'm actually straight. I'm not gay, like most people would assume. Okay. Um, but what I do, um, I guess what I did disagree with a lot of my culture is, uh, or what I saw stereotypically in general with also men is um, the aggressiveness. Um, and I didn't really see that in myself, but compared to my other cousins who were much more aggressive than I was. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. I and was what about there. attitudes toward women in your culture? I've always been a very respectful young man uh, growing up. Uh, treated women uh, pretty well. Okay. And when you are presented with this idea of transgenderism, specifically by your therapist... What attracts you to the thought that you might be or are, in fact, a woman? I guess. Like I said, a confused young man. Uh, I told her I didn't even know if I was transgender or not. I only went there to see if I was or wasn't because I was confused and I was questioning myself. But... When obviously when I went to see her, she immediately affirmed me. I told her I didn't want to transition right away, but she said she had my letter to transition. Okay. I I actually took everything slowly from the beginning. I know others um, if they would have been told they can transition right away, they would have done it, and we have seen that already. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, my father had found out what I was doing, and his solution was to take me to Mexico and have sexual relationship with a woman uh, to cure me. Oh, okay. So you went off to a brothel at the behest of your father. Uh, unfortunately, I was forced to go against my will, um, especially. Really? Because, yeah. Um, so the story on that is, was my father had to go to a medical appointment in Mexico uh, because he was going to uh, be put under anesthesia. Anesthesia, I can pronounce I always butcher that word. <laughs> yeah, close enough. Yeah, they were going to knock him out. Uh, he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to drive back home. Um, so he said he needed a backup driver. Now... I didn't want to go. So I tried to weasel my way out. Said, what about this uncle? What about that uncle? What about this uncle? Nope. He said he wanted me to go. So I went. We go to his appointment. And he's fine. Now, because we left early in the morning, uh, we hadn't ate. 
So he said, let's go eat. And he talked to the doctor and some other people around the area for a couple of restaurants. Unknowingly, that was the brothel. Because I did not care enough to listen. Now, we find a location. He takes me there. And because we're in another country that I don't really know, and I have no way how to get there because I'm only 19 and I rarely drive to Mexico, I'm unfortunately being held hostage, uh, so I can't really leave. We get to the brothel, and next thing I know is I'm being told I have to pick one of the women. Being a very shy kid, I tell my dad, I don't know, who do I pick? My dad says, whoever you want. So I pick one of the random women. The rest leave. And the woman I pick. And I start walking away. My dad tells her to wait. And all this in Spanish. but And I'm told to go to the room. After that, um, obviously because I realized the situation and I felt unsafe. I hid behind uh, the corner and started listening to their conversation. And what my dad told her what uh, was heartbreaking. He said, take good care of him. It's his first time. Now, that broke my heart just because that's my father. He's supposed to be the one protecting me, not hurting me. And after that, I don't really remember much just because I've chosen to block out those memories. Hmm. But, yeah, unfortunately, I've had sexual trauma. Yeah. How did that change your relationship to your body? Um, after that incident, um, because I had been abused sexually, um, I wanted to escape my body. And because prior to that, I was talking to the therapist about potentially transitioning, but wasn't too sure. I eventually decided... I don't want to be in my body anymore, and I was willing to jump ships and transition. Not wanting to be in your body anymore sounds very close to something resembling suicide. Was that on your mind, or you thought you could just change your body to escape your body rather than actually leave your body in the other sense. Because the seeds of doubt had been planted from a young age uh, due to how I was as a young boy. And obviously the therapist encouraging the transition. The transition was the only thing that made sense as I had dealt with that trauma. Uh, regarding anything suicide, from a young age I was I knew of it, but I never really... I know I've never, I would never want to attempt it, uh, just because I, like I said, I, I think enough, and I've read thought of the, all the consequences of that, and it mm. wouldn't be good in the end. Yeah. I, I guess that, for, that makes any sense. Well, for yourself, for your yeah. family. Yeah. Yeah. You brought up earlier, um, you were a young man seeking purpose or lacking purpose, and somehow transgenderism activated your purposefulness. Did you 
grow up with religion? Yes, I was raised Catholic. But and how, yeah, okay. What's the but there then? Even though I was raised Catholic, and uh, went to all the Catholic uh, schools uh, for to be put into the religion, i.e., confirmation, uh, communion, and all that stuff. I never really had a a feeling of I like this church, I like this religion. I never felt at home. It was just I was there because my parents were Catholic, my grandparents were Catholic, and that's it. And during your teen years, where did you find belonging or companionship? Like, in what activities did you make connections? I just played video games. Solo? Not like in a group? Just by myself. Um, I had a Game Boy, and I just played uh, by myself. Okay. What about books? Reading? Does that attract you? Not really that much when I was growing up. Okay. And and when you thought about your life in a practical sense, as you're getting into your older teens and early 20s, what career looked the most promising for you? Did you have a sense of ambition or career path? The only career um, I thought of uh, once I hit my late teens that started, was an adult was law enforcement okay yeah and why because you wanted to drive fast and beat people up or no no i'm not one of those <laughs> I, I i'm too dark-skinned for that <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got the badge anything goes no yeah uh, have you asked social media yeah <laughs> uh no uh it just seemed interesting uh and like I said, I didn't really have much of a purpose in life. Okay. But you thought there's something about being a law enforcement officer that attracted to you. Maybe representing order, helping people out. Is that kind of... Yeah, I've always been someone who's always tried my best to help others. Okay. And what I saw with most law enforcement is they usually help. Okay. Except for what yeah. we see on social media. and <laughs> gets blown yeah. way out of proportion. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, that's what attracts the eyes. So if you are predisposed to being a productive member of society and you're presented with this thing called transition, one thing that I've noticed about transition and from the literature that we can see on those who do trans, there's a preponderance of narcissistic personality disorder. It is a very narcissistic act to spend so much time and so much money focusing on your cosmetic appearance. Um, I, th- I think that that can be generally accepted. I'm sure some people will be offended by that, but I think it's just materially the truth. So if you're somebody who wants to help others, how does transition um, contradict or contrast with the values of helping others? Like you're going to go on this path of becoming a woman, quote unquote. Well, is there any conflict there? Yeah. Yeah. Looking back and with how you said, yeah. Uh, while I was, like I said, brainwashed into that ideology, I did become a bit narcissistic, but not to the point of what we see online with most activists. Well, yeah, again, if if we are going to say that not all police 
we have to also be fair and say not all activists, not all even progressives, maybe we can go that far and not all trans people um, are of the same feather as those that get a lot of views uh, when they are at their most terrible. So, yeah, yeah I, I was a bit narcissistic, but mostly with myself um, and how I was trying to portray myself, but not to the point of what we see. So when you are enabled or empowered to transition, what's the first kind of steps that you think about taking your dress, your name, your mannerisms, uh, or your physical appearance? So when I finally was able to start the process, what I did is I started the medical process and socially started the uh, process at the same time. Okay. And how far was that first step? How far did you take that first step? Um, medication wise, I spent about two and a half years medically transitioning, uh, and that was estrogen and spirolactone was probably a year and a half, I want to say. Which is the testosterone suppressant or the anti-androgen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, socially, um, that went for almost... Actually, about four years. Okay. And that's the last, I want to say, two years of that was I didn't have a choice. I couldn't really socially detransition since I had uh, breast implants. And there's no way to detransition successfully when you got breast. Well, I excepting for the mastectomy, if that's the proper term for implants, reversing implants. Yeah. That that took a while to reverse. Did you feel a sense of becoming your authentic self through the process of transition? Hindsight being 2020? No. But uh, while brainwashed, being love bombed, affirmed, Yeah. So this was a there was a social aspect to it. Did it feel like the trans community, so called, um, was in a sense your first home? If you didn't belong in church and you played a bunch of video games, sounds like what you're painting of your your adolescence is kind of disconnected. Then you find this trans community, so called. Is that where you find connection, or at least the simulacra of connection with other yeah, humans? I felt yeah. welcomed and connected. Yeah. And was that fun? I mean, not total hindsight 2020, but in the moment, do you do you feel like you did make connection and, and that you did begin to start to fulfill your needs as a you know, social being? Yeah. Yeah. And what was the currency of that social um, milieu? What was like, what, what did you guys end up talking about, concerning yourself about sharing? laughing about i don't remember unfortunately Hmm. it's been so many years and unfortunately all the medication that i've been given has given me really bad memory fog the estrogen specifically or were there other pharma i I think it was just the estrogen and the spirolactone so so you transition and you become an activist 
did you do anything spicy? Like, uh, I don't know, like burn down something that you, uh, no, don't, don't talk about that. Nothing illegal, but did you like go no. a lot of rallies or, uh, I honestly, I just attended rallies and that was it. Um, okay. I knew I wasn't going to do anything illegal cause I was trying to go into law enforcement at the time. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, even though I was a little crazy, I still had enough sanity to know crime is not good. Crime is not the answer. Yep. Huh. Even some of those, some of these people would say, yes, crime is always the answer. Yeah. So what about like, what's the first indication during your transition and this social um, community that you're in that it's not the correct or proper path for you? When did you start to doubt? Uh, the doubt... Uh surprisingly actually began before I started the transition before I actually saw the therapist um, I don't know what it was I have to now you go and I say this from my religious point of view I think it had to be the voice of God who told me to take everything slow uh, because even though this was before what my father did to me uh, a part of me still want to do this, but I think, like I said, I think God said, hold on, t take everything slowly, which I did. Mm -hmm. um, and I promised that if I do start this process, I would at least wait five years for breast implants and 10 years for what they call bottom surgery. Uh, and that would at least give me a good 10 years to go down this path and see if this is what I truly wanted. Yeah. And I'm glad I went, I agreed to that because, well, I broke the first rule, which was I got the implants in about a year and a half at most. Um, I, um, I was uh, given my letter to get bottom surgery, but I didn't get it. And looking back now, that's I'm glad I didn't because I eventually detransitioned, or at least the the thoughts of doubt finally hit me after I got the implants. Because that was around the time the transgender community uh, disowned me, and uh, I was recovering from surgery. So hmm. everything just came crashing down one day. I had to ask myself, what the heck am I doing? And the realization came that no matter what I would have done, if I had every surgery, all the medication, if everyone recognized me as a woman, if I assumed that, that I was a woman, I would have never been a woman. I would have just been a caricature of what I thought a woman was. And I was just cosplaying as a woman. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before that 
came crashing down, what did you expect from your life as a trans woman? Did you expect yourself to get married to a man or like, how, how does like life like actually unfold or project from you during that acceptance of transgender identity? Mm -hmm. I, at the time, uh, I was hoping eventually to have a normal life, get married, and since obviously I can't have my own kids or assumed at the time, uh, that I wouldn't be, let me rephrase that. While yes, I was crazy enough to transition, I knew I there was no way to, for me to get pregnant. Uh, and obviously at a certain point, uh, with these hormones would have sterilized me. So I would have hoped to eventually have kids more than likely adopted and get married now because I don't like attention, which is surprising. <laughs> I say that's surprising because I'm on social media yeah. and my name is starting to get out there, even as an activist. I've always hated attention, so my brain does assume, or my mind at the time was, if I'm going to live like a woman, I should try to live as much as stealth as possible. Uh, so I was thinking of getting a husband eventually, but even though, like I said, I'm not gay and not, I have no interest in men, but that was the rationale for my brain or mind at the time, hmm. is I don't like attention. Again, it's yeah. contradictory to what I do now. Well, yeah, but do you crave intimacy? Did you crave intimacy during that period? Like, like, like a girlfriend, a boyfriend, like your other significant. Yeah, I've always uh, craved a uh, significant other. Yeah, and and did transition drastically limit your availability or your ability to find somebody suitable for you, or did it give you opportunities to find somebody suitable for you? Surprisingly, I've never dated anyone. Not before, even before, during, and after my transition. Mm -hmm. I've been single for 26 years. <laughs> hmm. But hmm. I will say that uh, it's more than likely at least decreased my potential possibility of having a partner. So when things come crashing down, as you say, how do you, you process that? Like, what do you, do you go through a depression? Do you, do you hit it head on? Do you get another therapist? So I went to my first therapist, the one who affirmed me immediately. And I tell her, I think I might've made a mistake. And I want to see if it's possible to reverse everything. She says, no, that it's because I just had surgery and I'm still recovering. And we had an underlying childhood uh, trauma that we hadn't dealt with. She said that. She brings up this. Okay. Is there any truth to that? Um, I haven't seen anything that would. Did she pull that out of a hat then, you think? Yeah, I'd assume so because my new therapist. Uh, hasn't really mentioned much childhood trauma and hmm. and I'm as open as as humanly possible. Hmm. So when how do you receive the news from your therapist that uh, 
you're on the right path. And all your doubt has to do with this invisible event in your childhood that we haven't gotten to yet. Because this is going to be on YouTube. I have to be nice how I have worded, but I hit, oh, sh this is just crazy. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, right away. Uh, now, I didn't say that to her face. I said that to my head, in my head. It's like, oh, it's like, yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> Uh, huh. So I told her at the end of the session that, well, I lied to her. I said, I just got a new job and I don't know my hours, so I can't confirm when I can see her again. And after that, I just stopped seeing her. Uh, talked to my doctor and I said, hey, I need a therapist. Uh, can you all find one uh, within the clinic? Which was a mistake because it was a transgender uh, healthcare clinic and the second one was also as crazy as the first now because I knew it's was, it was gonna be a bit tougher uh, just because I lived in a very progressive area very pro LGBT area and it was California uh, I went to the military and I asked them what do I need to enlist for you guys and I told them I'm trans and they said, I can either finish the transition or reverse everything. By finishing the transition, they wanted me to get bottom surgery. So I relayed that information to the new therapist, minus the the first half, which was finishing the transition. I told him, yeah, they want me to detransition, and that's the only way I can enlist, because this was around the time Trump had said, yeah, you can't enlist in the military if you're trans. So I saw that as an as a credible excuse. Now this therapist didn't buy that. Um, he said, "Ignore the military, go into law enforcement, stay as a trans woman." Even though I told him I'm willing to compromise, uh, I'm willing to detransition for the few years and then come back and start the process again. Yeah, yeah, he did not buy any of that. And in the end. So just just to be clear, at this point, detransition means stopping the hormonal therapy and reversing the breast implants. Oh, no. Uh, by then, I had already stopped the uh, the medical portion of it. Okay. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Do, why are you looking to the medical industry to help you stop? Well, what else is there to do to detransition? I, I just needed the implants removed. That's all I wanted. Okay. Yeah. And did you start to socially trans read D transition? Sorry, um, change your name. No, okay. So you're gonna wait on that until you can. Yeah, I couldn't do that until the breasts were removed. Okay. Um, yeah, so he was useless, and that's me again being nice. Hmm. And looking back into the medical records that he had written down, he wrote. He didn't want me to detransition because we didn't know the potential negative side effects of detransitioning. Hmm. Which I find interesting. Do we know the potential medical side effects of transitioning? I guess we do. Uh, okay. Yeah. Everyone uh, is obviously so happy that with their transition, people like myself are obviously outliers and liars. Huh. Uh, yeah, eventually I stopped seeing him. Uh, found a third therapist, 
and between the first therapist and the third therapist that's when my depression hit heart the hardest uh but obviously i didn't mention that to either of the first two therapists i don't think i ever mentioned it to a third either now that i think about it hmm. but i was also dealing with alcoholism at the same time uh so yeah i'm not really a huge fan of alcohol anymore okay what what did it help you and how did it hinder you this alcohol uh, stuff i i guess it helping me um took me out of the moment uh, i lost time and I sped life up a bit, I guess. Uh, just because I didn't want to be in my own body anymore because I finally, I guess, even though at 19 and if, up to the two years to that, I believed the ideology that I was in the wrong body. This was actually the first time I felt trapped in my own body where I couldn't really escape. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a biological man with implants, I look like a woman to the best of my ability. And no one wanted to help me out. Hmm. Uh, but eventually, like I said, I found a third therapist and I explained the situation to him. Um, it, it took a while to finally see him just because uh, that was right as COVID was going on. And he wasn't really taking any new clients, but he only took me in because I was a recommendation from one of his friends, a fellow detransitioner by the name of Walt Heyer. Hmm. And he listened to my story and was willing to help me out. Now, he did mention from the beginning because we were in California. They have... Uh, anti-conversion therapy laws and everything we had to do was of my own choice. And he was not forcing anything upon me just because obviously if the state were to find out they would strip him of his license. And I said, yeah, that's fine. Everything was of my own choice. He wasn't forcing anything upon me. And that took about a year of dealing with uh, insurance, dealing with trying to find another medical provider because I had to get two medical providers to sign off on me having surgery. And in the end, uh, the insurance gave in, approved the surgery. And December of 2020 is when I finally got my implants removed. And I could finally start living as a man again, huh. or socially. Any complications with the implants or the uh, liberation therefrom? Uh, obviously, I've lost numbing. of the, My chest is very numb, unfortunately. Uh, it looks like I've had a double mastectomy, like most uh, D-trans women. And obviously the hormones have done a number of damage, unfortunately. Redistribution of fat, I guess, would be uh, top well, of the list? Or? Or I'm talking about the negative side effects, unfortunately. Uh, genital atrophied. Um, now due to that, I have difficulty using the restroom, and that's pain in the butt. But again, due to mm -hmm. the atrophied, 
Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if I can have children. I don't know if I'm sterilized. Okay. And I'm still too scared to go see a doctor for that, but I know I have to go see one. Have you thought about taking uh, testosterone supplements or? I took testosterone for a minute um, after I detransitioned. But How was because that? it was through the same medical provider. Uh, I stopped abruptly and didn't mention that to the doctor either. Just because I didn't trust the medical system anymore by then. Okay. Um, but besides that, uh, memory fog. Uh, unfortunately, I'm losing my eyesight every day. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, between... February of last year and October of last year, my eyesight has drastically decreased. Um, I didn't really notice it was much of an issue uh, until I was working uh, with mostly computers. And it took me near, nearly the entire shift to finish my work. And I was like, what the heck's going on? So that's when I noticed, oh shit, my eyesight's going poorly. And Obviously, there's only one culprit that could be the cause of it. No no one else in your family has gone through this? No. Uh, I know within an eight-month time span, my left eye has nearly doubled in, in how bad the eyesight is. I think it was like 1.25 uh, when I got it checked out, and now it's almost at negative 3.0 on my left eye. And is this due to the estrogen or to the spirulactone or the, the anti I don't know. Okay. No one's been able to give me an answer, and I'm just speculating. Okay. Um, and then well, the main issue that I've been dealing with is uh, muscle spasms. I don't know what's causing it. Uh, it's mostly uh, originally started on my left half of the body, but now it's starting to go on the right half as well. And emotionally, how did your third therapist proceed with you toward he making was you the, uh, more comfortable in your own skin, I guess? He was the most reasonable out of everyone. He was very understanding of the situation I was going to. And he just helped me accept myself as I was. Mm -hmm. And... Honestly, he didn't force anything upon me. No ideology, no nothing. But just questions then? He would just, just listen made in. me question everything and made sure everything I was doing was, was what I wanted to truly do. Yeah, yeah. Has there been a moment where you've achieved um, a love of self and, and yourself as you have been created? To a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, on days where my depression doesn't come, um, I'm, I'm usually indifferent on most days, but um, I've accepted myself for what I've done. I've accepted as I am. Hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, the depression is the worst part of it. Um, what is that depression? What do you mean by depression? 
sluggishness, self-criticism. Self-criticism. Um, I will describe it the best way to describe it, and I'll use some religious terms. Uh, I'm just being bombarded every single day with my own demons. Yeah. They're reminding me of what I've done. Uh, telling me I'm an idiot for what I've done, uh, reminding me of the damages currently on my body. Uh, luckily, I can ignore them on a daily basis, but sometimes it does get too much. And yeah. that's when, when it does, I just get very depressed. Well, speaking of religious language, is there, have you been able to access grace and forgiveness of a transcendent hue? I've gone back to church. I've picked up religion again. Uh, and everyone tells me the same thing. I've been forgiven for what I've done. Yeah. But I, for some reason, I can't accept that yet. I think just due to the fact of what I've done to my body and the fact that I was a crazy activist for a minute, I I rationalize with myself. I can't accept myself until I've repaired what I've done. And I'm doing that at least by walking down this path and speaking out, trying to help others, prevent mm -hmm. others from going down the same path that I went to. And I've seen some of my work now uh, come to fruition, but I think once I've reached the end, I think that's when I can finally accept, get full acceptance out of myself. Has there yet been a moment in your life where you felt loved for who you are? No. Well, I left California for Texas, and a lot of people are very proud of what I've done, uh, mm. since I don't hide what I do. And I guess that's the most I've gotten out of love and acceptance. Mm. Again, myself, no. Uh, Not inside yourself. Yeah. Again, or I from think, well, the higher, a higher yeah. source, then. Yeah, hmm. I I haven't felt that love yet. I think just because I'm still keeping myself in chains, metaphorically, hmm. by holding myself back with what I've done. How old are you now? Twenty six. So, transition, detransition, activism, part one, activism, part two. Aside, like. What do you see for yourself in the future? Where do you what do you want to do? You still want to drive fast and beat people up in the name of justice? Well, I'm still again too light skin for that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I've decided I'm going to go back to school and I'm okay. going to go into law enforcement in the end. Mm -hmm. uh, but instead of working at a at a police department and going on the streets, I'm actually going to look to specifically work at schools as a police officer and monitor children to make sure they're okay and see if there's anything I can do to stop children from being transitioned. That's where it's happening yeah. a lot nowadays. Yeah. 
Have you spent time around children? Have you worked with them much? Not really, unless you mm. count my cousins and my nieces, nephews. Okay. Uh, and then kids that I meet throughout the day through my friends. Yeah. Uh, I, I bring that up because in, in a part of my life where I was pretty dejected and uh, frustrated with what I'd done to myself and and what I had failed to achieve, I, I ended up working with children in the capacity of a, a teacher or caregiver. And that the interactions that I had with children really helped me understand more about what it is to be a human being, like the parameters of my desires in, internally and then my responsibilities externally. Um, so I just, I derived a lot of meaning and uh, reorientation towards reality through interacting with children. I don't have much uh, interaction with kids, unfortunately. Yeah, just bringing that up because you, you well, you brought it up. So, yeah, if you want to protect and to serve them. So, but speaking about your current iteration of the activist, able, what are you doing on the street? What have you been doing this last year or so? Well, the uh, majority of this year has mostly just been away from everything uh, i've been yeah. gone since april I, like i said i'm trying to work on my mental health hmm. uh, i learned that unfortunately i still have uh, all this trauma that i haven't really dealt with after being transitioned uh, but prior to that since speaking out uh, i've just been speaking at rallies when i can get the opportunity i've been traveling and this year uh, here in the state of Texas, um, I was able to work with legislators to pass a bit law, uh, and it finally went to effect uh, earlier this month. Uh, we passed Senate Bill 14, which protects minors under the age of 18 from all forms of transitioning, uh, mostly medical and surgical. Even though people will say that doesn't happen, we know it's happening. And there were parents out there when we were testifying who brought their kids who they had started the process of transitioning and saying that, well, what, what about their kids? What about what do they have to do? And every time I saw a little boy dress up as a little girl, it just broke my heart. As I know, if I was born much later in life, that probably could have been me as well. Uh, just with how everything is nowadays and how confused I was as a kid. Hmm. So since April, you've been offline. Have you been touching grass, as they say? Yeah, I've just been working on my job. Uh, I've gone in a few promotions. Hmm. Uh, spending so you're being a with... person. Then. Repeat that again. You're being a person. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm just spending time with my friends here. Mm -hmm. Even though, again, I've been doing very limited work. I I honestly don't really want to do any of this work while I'm on vacation. Vacation. But eh, the opportunities are still coming in, and I've just been limiting everything. 
Mm-hmm. What brings you joy in your life? What activity? I don't know right now. Uh, and I say that because for the first time in my life, I'm on, I'm on my own. Yeah. I moved away from my parents. I'm 1,300 miles away from them. And I've been able to do good on my own. And I'm still getting adjusted to this different culture here in Texas. And I'm just trying to be a Texan, I guess. Hmm. Like they say, when in Rome, do as the Romans. I'm yeah. in Texas. When in Texas, do as a Texan. It sounds like what what you said earlier, um, it felt to you as though God was telling you to take it really, really slow. Um, so it seems like a kind of a, like everything's permissible, but not everything's beneficial sort of or guidance. Like you can do whatever you want, but if you, if you love yourself, you'd, you should take it slow. What uh, what would you say to yourself now on the other side of that that you think would have benefited you, um, whether or not you went through with the transition, um, like what what to pay attention to, or you know what to prioritize value wise that you think would have helped you most at that that pivotal moment in your life. I think the main thing would have been just to accept myself and love myself. Uh, tell my if I could tell myself, I would say just because you're not the ideal masculine man within our culture doesn't mean I'm a woman. I can be slightly weaker as a man, and I can build myself up from there. I think that would have probably been the main one. Yeah. I mean, you just told yourself what it sounds like you, you need to hear most right now. You, you don't have to be the ideal man. You, you fucked up. Most people do. Uh, you, you're better off accepting and loving and forgiving yourself than 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 ruminating on that on that mistake yeah but, but unfortunately nowadays even though i tell that to myself it's still too hard to accept yeah. I, I know people make mistakes but it doesn't stick the, the somehow it feels like the bill is still owed. Hmm. Well, how many people are unfortunately being brainwashed and being tricked into destroying their own bodies? Well, nowadays we're seeing it a lot more common nowadays. Hmm. But yeah. I guess that's why I'm doing everything now. I don't want more people to suffer with what I went through. And we're seeing it every single day. Children are being indoctrinated to change themselves to destroy their bodies. 
for a goal that they will never reach. Hmm. What next then for you? Just school? Yeah, just go to school. Yeah. Get my degree. Go back to uh, go and become a police officer. And keep an eye on the kids from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, my life is much more kinder overall. Yeah, I, you, you can give somebody the words that God is good or grace is, is available or that you are loved, but at the same time, if, if somebody is, you know, whoever has ears, let them hear. Like, yeah, I'm sure you already know that. Something else is keeping you from moving forward, it sounds like to me. If I may be so bold, something is locking you in place. I don't think that thing is any truer than a female identity. I think that itself is a trick that's being pulled on you, um, that's keeping you from accessing a limited amount of being really awesome in the pursuit of living life to your fullest. So I, I know that's a challenge and that's kind of overstepping my bounds as a, as a direct interviewer, but it just seems like we're in a cul-de-sac. We're just, we're, we're in a cul-de-sac. If you can't, if you can't like go forward, pop a wheelie, uh, pursue joy find something that really gives you joy yeah well I know that even though I've been away from this ideology for what a couple years now uh, at least the social part for at least almost three years now medical side I've been away from it four years and the social and the whole community I've been away from it for five I'm still unfortunately I guess I became my own warden and I kept hmm. myself chained in even though the gate is completely open hmm. Hmm. but I hope to eventually remove my own shackles and Away. Well, I think you have the capacity to do that. And it's obvious that you have the, the spirit, the will, and the capacity to do that when you're, when you've sorted out whatever it is that you are sorting out. Well, I will say it is easier as each day passes. <laughs> like I said, I've been building more relationships each day. God, I want to say got good people in my corner nowadays. Yeah. But again, I did say that in the beginning when I was 19 and caught in this ideology. So hmm. let's hope I'm right this time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but hmm. I've, I will say I've met a lot of good people in this, in this fight to, to protect children. Yeah. That's a good purpose to have being on the side of life yeah and i know a lot of people worry about me so 
that's good. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of um, your time out to speak with me. Give me your side of your experience. I really enjoy this interview. Uh, even though, again, I'm supposed to be on break. Yeah. But yeah, because yeah. I knew who you were ahead of time, and when my producer reached out to say, hey, this guy reached out, I was like, I'll allow it. <laughs> it's Benjamin. Bar. I'll allow it. <laughs> and I've only said that a few times, so. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're here and before we close, is there anything that you would like to plug or if people are interested in this, what do you think is the most important thing for them to pay attention to or to get involved with? Well, I would say if I get to plug anything, uh, I guess I'll plug in my social medias, uh, but I will add context for at the time of this interview. I am still on break, but you guys can catch me on Instagram at officialabelg. And I've been told now it's called X. So it's no longer Twitter, but again, it's going to be also officialabelg. Okay. I, I don't... When did this change happen? I think on first. Yeah, we will. I'm not going to catch you up on everything that's happened since April. A lot has happened, but just don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it right now. <laughs> Uh, besides the Instagram and Twitter, X, whatever. Uh, I'm on YouTube at Abel Garcia. And again, all of those three right now are on a hiatus. Yeah. Um, I will say over the next few months while I'm on break, hopefully no more interviews. I got to tell Dominic to stop saying yes. But I'm also the one saying yes, so who's that fault? <laughs> you do it to yourself. <laughs> See, this is what I said. I hate attention, but I'm still doing the interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I will say um, when I do come back, um, I will have some major news for everyone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So hopefully when maybe before the news breaks, we can chat again. Yeah, let's everyone, do that. Yeah. But I can't say, unfortunately, too much. Okay. We'll wait. I, I, I think I have a clue. Um, and I think the audience who's been following this probably has a clue, too, what you can't talk about. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think we all know what it is, but... We'll wait till the time. I, I, yeah, I can't really... Yeah. I'm still in... Yeah, I'm still too early in everything, unfortunately, so... Yeah. Well, Which I guess seriously... Believe in yourself. I believe as much as if, I can. Well, if, if yeah, I, I'm sorry. This is not my job to do. But if not believing in yourself what's got you in this mess, then maybe believe in yourself. is, is, is It's time to, to do that. I just want to challenge you there. It just feels like I have to challenge you since I have you on the spot right now to put you on the spot and say, embrace yourself. In the best that I can. Okay. All right. Challenge accepted. Okay. Well, we'll find out in a few months. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's keep in contact. Thank you so much. My, my audience I know is going to embrace you full heartedly and um, I'll link to your socials in the description. Yeah. Okay. Let's end the interview. Thank you very much, yeah. Abel. Thank you.